judgment. The blue was uh, Christ's heavenly nature. The purple was Christ's royalty. The scarlet was Christ's sacrifice. And, and you can just go through the temple and you see all of these different things, whether it was the colors, whether it was the materials, but all of it was representing the Savior. They say that uh, as the, the face of the tabernacle, the, it was opened to the actual altar, the brazen altar. And if you drew a line from the brazen altar across the courtyard, you would go into the holy place. And on the western side, you would have the table of showbread. On the, uh, on, I'm sorry, on the, the north side would be the table of showbread. On the south side uh, would be the, uh, the, alt, or the, uh, uh, the, uh, the candlestick. Uh, right in the middle uh, to the west would be the uh, altar of incense, and then you would go through the veil, and in line would be the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat. And if you had a line, and you would draw from the, uh, you would draw from the uh, the brazen altar to the mercy seat, and then from the lampstand to the uh, to the table of showbread, you would have a cross. It, it's just so amazing. When you just see so much pointing to the Savior. And he is how we have access. And what was given to Moses was a, was a representation of what was already in heaven. Hold your place here. And I know I've showed this to you before. Uh, but I just get excited every time I think about it. So go to Hebrews chapter 9. And Hebrews chapter 9, we, we can see that... This was all a pattern. God already had the real in heaven. And he gave Moses and he gave his people something down here on this earth to show them a little glimpse of what it was going to be like in heaven and how to get there even. Hebrews 9.24, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of, what? The true. But into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So in this tabernacle and later in the temple, all of these furnishings, all of the representation of the size of the architecture, all the details were there. And those details uh, were given so specifically because God already had the real one up in heaven. And he just gave the example of what it was going to be like for man down here on this earth. But... Somebody had to make it. God could have, but that wasn't his plan. God chooses to use man for his purposes. God chooses to let us be a part. It wasn't just one person. It wasn't just two. It was all the people of God. They had an opportunity to partner with God to accomplish what God told Moses 
he wanted done. Last week we looked at own the vision, the stewardship of time. Tonight we're going to look at own the vision, the stewardship of talents. Stewardship of talents. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your goodness to us and for the opportunities that we have to be able to serve you. And I pray that we would not take that lightly. I pray that we would not uh, just ignore what you have allowed us to be a part of, uh, what you want us to be a part of, what you have asked us to be a part of. May we not leave you empty-handed. And so I pray that you'd help all of us to look into our own life and see where we are and uh, if we are doing what you would want us to do. And so I pray that you'd bless for Christ's sake. Amen. Stewardship. And here we're looking at uh, the, the reality that people use their talents for the Lord. And all throughout Scripture, we find people using their talents for God. Now, this morning we are looking at talents, but we are looking at the parable of the talents. And the parable of the talents was literally dealing with money. And there is stewardship of our money. But there also has to be a stewardship of our talents. You have something to offer God. Well, that was quiet. You have something to offer God. Do do you believe that? I mean, God has created you and he has created you to serve him. And in that, that means that he has created you to have something to offer him, not just our money. And I'm thankful for people who, are, uh, who use their resources and are faithful in their giving, and we need that. And that, that's not something that uh, I'm minimizing at all. But there are too many people that will put money in an offering plate and say, okay, I did my part. And that's not stewardship. That's only a part of it. It's only a part of it. You know, this building was built with volunteer labor. Building with volunteer labor, those days are gone. Should it be a reality? I don't think so. But in the 70s and 80s, just about every church that was built... And the 70s and 80s was the fast, the independent Baptist churches were the fastest growing churches in in the United States. They were not only the fastest growing churches, they were the largest churches in the United States. And those churches were built by people volunteering their labor build these buildings. We sit in here tonight, and though this building needs some updates, and though this building needs some repairs, we are enjoying the sacrifice of the generations that have gone before. They've gone before. You see, all of us have something to offer to God. 
Now, in this realm here, as we're looking at this passage of Scripture, uh, we're going to be looking at using our talents uh, for our God. And let me, let's, let's say that together. Uh, talents for our God. Talents for our God. Uh, we need to be using talents for our God. Uh, what is it? That is, that is that we have something to give God. We have something to give God. And, and if we don't feel like we have anything to give God, then we won't. If we don't think that there is anything that I can do for God other than, than come to church or other than putting some money in the offering plate, and though that is a blessing and I want you to come to church and I want you to uh, serve and, and be faithful in your, in your finances, but the reality is it goes beyond that. Stewardship is not, uh, it's not segmented. It is not just one aspect. And here we're going to look at this and we find that there are several people uh, that we can see in this uh, group uh, that is going to be used by God to build the tabernacle and all the furnishings that are in it. It's pretty awesome. And so this morning we started very late. It was almost a quarter till and so I had to cut it short. Uh, So tonight I'm going to make up for that. Uh, So we're going to look at three different groups of people tonight. Number one, I want you to see the craftsmen. God here was using people for his glory. Let's look at the craftsmen. Exodus chapter 35, look at verse number 30. Exodus 35 and verse number 30. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. And to devise curious works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in the cutting of stones, to set them in the carving of wood, to make any manner of cunning work. What do we find here? We find that there were craftsmen that were involved in this. And God had, had pre-planned, uh, God had given people the ability, the knowledge, the wherewithal to be able to accomplish his work. God doesn't ask us to do something that he, will not, uh, that he will not equip us to accomplish. God is, that, that would be very unjust for God to ask us to do something that we could not do. God is a just God. God is a gracious God. God is a loving God. And God is a God who will share uh, with us what we need to accomplish his plan. And so here we see that there were craftsmen that God already had in line ready to do the work. He knew that there was a, a plan where he was going to have a tabernacle. He wanted to meet with his people. He wanted to uh, have a place to dwell with them uh, and, and for them to be able to come to him for forgiveness of sins, the sacrifices, for them to be able to see the presence of God. God dwelt among God's people. Now, on one side, I, I think, man, I wish I could have been there to be able to see it. But now God doesn't dwell in a building. God dwells in us. 
Wow. What an amazing thing. It wasn't a tabernacle or a temple. You are the temple of God. You and I, the, the child of God, the saved, we have become. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. Uh, and so here we have an opportunity to be that vessel. But in God, uh, as he was having a plan to build the tabernacle, what do we see? There was those craftsmen. But within those craftsmen, uh, we, see, we see some things here with the craftsmen. We see that there were a couple teachers. There were the teachers. Verse 34, and he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahissamach of the tribe of Dan. What do we have? We have uh, Bezalel and we have Aholiab, and these are uh, men who God had called by name. God called some craftsmen by name. It's not just the preachers that God calls. You say, well, I'm not called to preach. That doesn't mean you're not called to serve. That doesn't mean that you are not called to accomplish a spiritual uh, job, to partner with God, to accomplish something for his glory. And here we have Bezalel, and we have a Aholiab, and God had uh, equipped them, and God had called them. But then he said, I want you to be teachers. You see, what we have, we're supposed to share. So we have the teachers who were uh, Bezalel and Aholiab, but then we have the taught. We have the teachers, then we have the taught. Look at verse 35. Them hath he filled with the wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver and of the cunning workman and of the embroiderer and in blue and purple and scarlet and in fine linen and of the weaver, even of them that do any work and of those that devise cunning work. What do we have? They are teaching these other people how to do the work. The taught. He said, well, I don't know how. God can have a teacher. But you know, before you can learn, you have to be teachable. You know, we need to be lifelong learners. We, we need to keep on growing. There are things that God has for us. There are things that God wants to do with us. But if we are not teachable, then we will not be taught. And if we are not taught, then we will not know what to do. And we will give ourselves a pass. Pastor, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how many times I hear that. If you're teachable, we can show you. There's a place for everybody to serve. There's a place for us to be able to do something for God. And here we see uh, the, the, uh, uh, the craftsmen uh, who are here. When we were building this building over here, uh, Brother Rick, we had him come down uh, and come back and help us with that project. And uh, then the, the staff and pulling in the staff. And, uh, and you know what? They were like, I don't know how. But you know what? They learned. 
they learned. There were, there were people that did not have the skill sets, but they were able to learn. And there were people who came alongside and helped and uh, members. And uh, so, so there, was, there were a lot of uh, opportunities there. But, but there were some that just, nope, don't know how to do that. You see, in the, pro, in the process of serving God, you are going to be given opportunities to do things that are outside your comfort zone. Now, how many of you, like me, would just as soon stay in our comfort zone? Miss Brenda, put both of your hands up, all right? Okay. <laughs> and, you know, we, we have areas that we are comfortable with, and that's where we want to stay. But let me tell you, God doesn't want us to stay there. God doesn't want us to stay there. God wants to grow us. God wants to be able to use us. And if he is going to use us, then there needs to be the teacher. And those that do know how need to be willing to teach those who do not. We have a group that have served and have faithfully served for decades. Uh, don't think that now you have done your time. Uh, now's the time to mentor. Now is the time to train. Now is the time to help pass that torch off to those that are just learning. There has to be the teacher, but there has to be those to be taught. And, and here we see that. So we see the craftsmen here in this, uh, in this group of people. But then I want you to see, secondly, the common. Chapter 36, verse number 1. Then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab... And every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Belial and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. You know what he is saying? There were people that were craftsmen, but there were also the people that were coming. There were just the common people. Their heart had been stirred that they wanted to be a part. He said, well, I don't have any special skill sets. God has all of them. I don't know how to fill in the blank. Whatever it is, God does. And he has, he has the ability, he has the wherewithal to use you for his work. You see, we need to use our talents. We need to use the abilities that God has given to us. And you say, well, pastor, I have this, this talent. I have this ability. And, and so I just want to stay in those areas. Well, maybe that's not part of the mission for right now. It doesn't mean that you won't get to use those skill sets, but right now, when it comes to building time, uh, they were looking for people that were going to build. When it came to, uh, to uh, crafting all of the curtains and all of the, the beams and all of the, uh, the veils and all of the, uh, the rugs that they were going to use and all the furnishings, uh, they were looking for people that were craftsmen and they were looking for common people that are just willing to work just willing 
to get involved. I like the, the spot right there, the common. We don't have to be rocket scientists. We don't have to have that super high IQ. You know what we have to have? Is a heart that's stirred. We need to have a heart that is just stirred to do something for God. A heart that is stirred. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to be engaged. I want to be involved in God's work. And uh, they, these were people who were, who were taught, just average, everyday people like you and me. People who were teachable. People were, who were inclined to take on a new challenge. You like a challenge? I like a challenge. I like, I like a challenge to get something done. And, and here we see these people who are willing to do that. They were people who were willing to work to get things done. It was the type of people that Nehemiah had uh, when he said that uh, they had a mind to work. What was it? It was a group of people that came alongside. There was a mission to get accomplished. What did they need to do? They need to rebuild the wall. And you know what? It took everybody to rebuild the wall. You know what it's going to take for Bible Baptist Church to reach this community? It's going to take everybody. It's going to take everybody. Every child. Every teenager. Every young person. Every, every adult, every senior saint, every one of us, we have something to offer our God and, and we need to have a heart that is stirred to, uh, to come alongside with the mission that God had given. And God had given the instructions to Moses and he had been working in the hearts of Bezalel and Aholiab and the teachers taught and, was, and the result was that there were tradesmen that came alongside and people who were, uh, were competent to accomplish the task and uh, people were willing to get involved and, and what we saw was the job got done. The job got done. Come on in. The water's fine. Come on in. The water's fine. There's opportunity for all of us. There is something for every one of us to do for the Savior. And we need to be engaged and there's a place for us. There's a place for everyone who has a desire to serve. And we're not all gifted the same. I'm sure that as Moses and, uh, and these craftsmen, uh, they, they went through and they were uh, getting things accomplished. Uh, they, they looked at some that had that that heart to, uh, to be involved and work. Uh, some had more skills in one trade than another. Some could uh, carve stones and some could weave uh, those rugs and others could, uh, could move the, um, uh, melt the, the steel and the, the precious metals and, and mold them. There were leather workers, there were carpenters uh, that milled the boards and on and on and on. And some were better than others. I'm not as good as so-and-so. It doesn't matter. Are you doing what you can do? Here what we find is, I'm sure that some that stirred 
were stirred to be a part, maybe they were not given the most difficult of tasks. You know, every job needs a gopher. You know what a gopher is? Go for this and go for that. But without a gopher, things move very slow. You know, there's something for all of us. There's something for all of us to be able to do. We see here uh, in this passage, we see the craftsmen, we see the common, but then I want you to see the committed, the committed. Look at uh, chapter 36, verse 3. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it with all. And they brought yet unto him free offerings, notice this, Every morning. These were not required offerings. They were free offerings. These were just their heart. They, I want to bring something. I want to offer something. I want to give. And they brought these free offerings every morning. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary, came every man from his work which they made. And now all of a sudden the craftsmen are coming. They're stopping the work. You know why they're stopping the work? Because there's too much stuff in the way. Have you ever tried to work and there's stuff in your way? Brother Rick, have you ever done that? If you want to see Brother Rick happy, put a garbage can behind him when he's working in an area. It's comical. Uh, and some of you know what I'm talking about. And so uh, clutter an area up. And what was happening was people, good, well-meaning people are bringing offerings and bringing offerings and bringing offerings. And they're trying to get work done. And now they have to stop. All the craftsmen gather together and they go to see Moses. And I just ama- this, this is just amazing to me. Uh, and it says that they, uh, verse number five, and they spoke unto Moses saying, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, let neither man nor woman Make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. Notice here. Make not any more work for the offering. They were working specifically so they could get more to give. This was not that they just had of their abundance and sent it in. They are continually working to gain more so they have more to give. And Moses had to come back and say, all right, stop giving. No more. Quit. I've been in building programs for 30 years of ministry. And I've been in small building programs, and I've been in big building programs. I have been through stewardship campaigns and all kinds of projects, but I have never been part of one where the preacher had to get up and say, quit giving. That, was ne- that has never been the case. 
You know, I think here there was a specialness about what was being done. These people truly owned the vision. They truly got a hold of it and realized, I want to be a part. And it made all the difference in the world. You know, if stewardship rolls around and you start thinking, oh no, what's preacher going to ask us to give? And it could be, what's, what are we giving for? Or it could be, uh, building banquet, do I really want to go? I mean, we know they're going to take an offering. But there here we see the heart of the people, the talents. They were using the talents they had to accomplish something great. And even in their offering, their offering was a result of their using the talents that God had given them so they could even provide the offering. You know, in stewardship, we looked at it this morning, it's, it's about ownership. When we realize that God owns everything, even the abilities that we have to go and earn God's it belongs to Him. And He is the one that even gave us that opportunity. Should we not use it? For him. Absolutely we should. And here we just see these, these people uh, in this, this uh, uh, building of this tabernacle. And when you look at the tabernacle, the tabernacle was not very big. Courtyard was, was 50 foot wide by 150 foot long. This, this building is 52 foot wide this auditorium. So, take this three times on the width. The holy place inside the courtyard, it was 15 foot wide, 45 foot long, and 15 foot high. The boards that that was made out of, they, would, they were two and a half feet wide. And they were of shittim wood or acacia wood. And they would take those and they were, they were plated in gold. Think about that. These, the sockets that they put in the ground were solid silver. They took these 15-foot-long boards. I have no idea how thick. Plated in gold. And when set them down into those sockets, and they gold stood 15-foot tall. All the way around. 
Ooh. Can you imagine the light? The east end of the tabernacle was open. It's where they would enter in. It opened facing the east. Sun would come up. Can you imagine the glow inside that tabernacle? You know, we go over to the educational building. People walk in. We'll have, we had a pastor's meeting here uh, last week. And so uh, they walked in and they started looking around. They looked up. Brother Gatlin, where are you at? Uh, and so they said, I have never seen so many lights in my life. <laughs> and can you imagine how light that was with all that gold? You know, God's house, you look at the tabernacle, you look at the temple, it was always the finest. It was always the best. And I'm not saying that we need to have a palace here for our church. But what's important to us is exhibited. These people, they used their talents. They owned the vision. They owned it to the point where they were involved. Child of God, are you, in, you involved? Serving. An opportunity. An area to serve. Where's our heart? Are we stirred for the work? And that should be the case. Stewardship. Last week we looked at time. This week, talents. Not the money side, but the talents, the opportunities, the abilities. You know, there are some people that are talented to earn money. That's a talent. God's, God's work needs God's people to use what he gives them for his cause. Own the vision. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for uh, your people being here tonight. And now as we look in our own hearts, I pray the Spirit of God would just uh, help us, Lord, to, to realize where we are in our lives and uh, may you stir us, uh, stir our heart, Lord, to, to serve and uh, to be used by you for your honor, for your glory, for your kingdom, uh, for reaching this world with the gospel. Help us, Lord, to uh, do what we can. And so I pray that you'd bless now this invitation. You know the, the needs of each heart. If there's one here that does not know you, I pray today would be the day that they'd trust you. But help all of us, Lord, to follow you. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.